Welcome to the sermon podcast for Pleasant Hill Baptist Church in Central South Carolina. We thank you for taking the time to listen to this message from the Word of God, and we pray that God will both bless you and speak to you as you listen and apply His Word to your life. But let's read in Exodus 39. Again, these are just a jumping off place. And I want you to see the here they are in this particular chapter. They are uh, the instructions are being carried out in the linen or the clothes that were to be worn by the priests in the tabernacle. And so now let's read in chapter 39 of Exodus, beginning in verse one. And we'll come to the phrase that in particular caught my attention. And of, the, and of the blue and purple and the scarlet, they made clothes of service to do service in the holy place. And they made holy garments for Aaron and as the Lord commanded Moses. And he made the ephod of gold, blue and purple and scarlet and fine twined linen. And they did beat the gold into thin plates and cut it into wires to work it into the blue and in the purple and in the scarlet and in the fine linen that with cunning work. That they should they made shoulder pieces for it to couple it together. By the two edges was it coupled together, and the curious girdle of his ephod that was upon it was of the same according to the work thereof, of gold, blue, and purple, and scarlet, and fine twine linen, as the Lord commanded Moses. And they wrought onyx stones in clothes and in pouches of gold, graven as signets are graven and with the names of the children of Israel. And he put them on the shoulders of the ephod, that they should be stones for a memorial to the children of Israel, as the Lord commanded Moses. Now stop there. That phrase in the King James, as the Lord commanded Moses, in some other translations, gives the translation, just as the Lord commanded Moses. So what's the difference? They followed it fully. Either way you read it, they followed it fully. And I want us to learn some things from Moses in how to fully follow the Lord. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would be with us tonight. God, speak to us once again tonight. God, I pray that you would help us to fully follow you, that we would fully know your instructions, that we would be fully follow you by faith, and that we would fully follow through on what you have for us to do. Thank you for forgiving us when we don't. Help us to quickly turn when we've gone astray. Help us to confess and repent of that. But God, thank you for the strength that you give. Help us to know how, in Jesus' name, amen. The phrase, just as the Lord commanded, or again, as the Lord commanded Moses, is used 16 times in chapters 39 and 40. Eight times in 39, eight times in 40. And as I mentioned last week, and as I've mentioned many times, when you see a word or a phrase repeated over and over again in Scripture, take note. And so therefore I took note as I was reading this and seeing how Moses fully followed the instructions of the Lord. And here we, if we are to be used of God, and I pray that's your desire, that you are used and utilized by the Lord in his service for his kingdom, for his glory, then I pray that you would learn, as I'm trying to learn from Moses, to be an effective, useful leader. We must learn to follow God's instructions 
completely. And so with that said, last week, all we got through was number one, if we're going to fully follow the Lord, we have to fully know His full instructions. We have to know His instructions. And that means fully know His full instructions. You cannot fully obey until you fully know. Write that down. You cannot fully obey until you fully know. I remember as a, a child, I, my dad would tell me to do something, and I wasn't often one to quickly jump up and do it, and I often got in trouble for that. There was times, whether it be out of showing off or trying to hurry up and get done with it, because I knew I wasn't going to get to do anything else until I got done with it, I would jump up before my dad had fully explained what I was supposed to do. And then when I didn't do it right, he said, you didn't listen to all the instructions. Uh, to use a sitcom or a TV show today, game show, Family Feud, if many of you have watched that or seen that at some point in time in your life, and they ask a survey question, and whoever jumps in first gets the answer first, and sometimes they jump in before they hear the full question. And they're nowhere near the answer because they didn't hear the full question. Sometimes we just don't pay attention to all the instructions or don't hear all the instructions, don't listen for all the instructions, and we miss out and we can't fully follow the Lord. So we have to know all the instructions to fully know, to fully follow. And we find these instructions in His Word. It's all ties in together with what we were sharing Sunday about learning to linger, lingering in God's Word, lingering around God's people, lingering around God's things, is lingering in His Word, learning His Word, studying His Word, finding hunger for His Word so that we can know His instructions. Because his word is the chief and the clearest instrument of his communication today. Now, as I've told you, as I was just having a conversation with somebody today, God uses really three modes of instruction for us today. His word. Now, let me back up for one second. God can use whatever mode he wants to use. God can speak in a dream. God can speak in a, in a, to our heart, to the Holy Spirit. He can do that if He wants. But primarily, with having the Word of God, I don't believe that that's the primary way that He does so. I believe He does it through His Word, primarily. But the second way that He does it is through His Holy Spirit. His Holy Spirit can speak to our hearts. His Holy Spirit can speak to us in a dream if He chooses to do it. He can speak to us audibly if He chooses to do it. But it's through the Holy Spirit speaking to our heart. And then three, through nature, and last week I said specifically through His people, but His people are part of nature. But God speaks through creation. God speaks through what He's created. And God speaks through His servants. In this case, it was through Moses to the people, maybe a pastor, a teacher, a friend, a parent, a brother, a child. It can be anybody, but it will be a, a creation of God. And so, therefore, through His servants, He also speaks. Now, His Word we need to understand clearly, and the Holy Spirit will always correspond or will always parallel or always be in harmony with the Word of God, and so must too creation, other people, must be in harmony with the Word of God or it's not of God. And that's why I say primarily, black and white, we have the instructions of His Word. Now, we can misunderstand what we're reading, 
but it's still the clearest way we have to hear his instructions for us. So his word, his Holy Spirit, his servants. And I also added this that takes investment through investment. And I thought it's about lingering again. That was a message Sunday that tied in together. Uh, but the, the investment of time uh, to look uh, for what God has for us. Time for God to communicate it, for Moses to communicate with God. Uh, Moses had a special relationship with God. We can have a special relationship with God, but it takes time. Number two, this is what I want you to see tonight. That was all getting you caught up from last week. Uh, try to sum that up a little bit. But here is the one for tonight, or number the first one for tonight of hopefully two, but also the second point. Not only do we have to know all his instructions, but we have to trust his instructions. I'll leave back up one second. We don't get all the instructions up front. Never get away from that. Never forget that. God does not give us the whole, now he gives us his instruction book here, but as far as, as we're living our lives, he, I don't want to say he never does, he often gives us one instruction at a time for us. He does not give us the whole plan for your life up front. It would overwhelm you, it would confuse you, it would, you would read part of it, it would dishearten you, but he does know his plan for us and he will communicate it to us and we have to trust his instructions. He said, well, of course we have to trust his instructions. What do you mean? His instructions won't always make sense. And what I mean by that is not so much that he'll be trying to confuse us, but because the way he does things, it won't always be the way you would do things. In fact, rarely is it the way you would do things. Again, we can't logic ourselves into salvation, and we can't always logic ourselves into following God. God doesn't always follow logic in the way he does things. He uses the foolish things to confound the wise, the Bible says. And so, therefore, you know, we often wonder, why does God do it the way he does it? Well, why did God create the world knowing that man was going to sin and he was going to have to send his son for salvation? I don't know. Don't understand that. Don't get that. But he did. That's where faith comes in. Why, does, why, do, why is the way to salvation through Jesus Christ, in fact, after repent of sins, and he's the only way, why, you know, why is it done that way? Because that's what he says. The way he wants it done does matter. The way he wants us to do it does matter. We often say in life, the end, well, the ends justified the means. In other words, it doesn't matter how you got there as long as you got done. With God, that's not true. And we see that because he was very specific in his instructions for how large things were to be, the measurements of them, the materials that were used in them, the gold, the silver, the bronze, the way they were to be cleansed, the way they were to be ceremoniously uh, prepared. All of that was done in a very specific way. And God does care about how we go about doing things. You can't say, well, I just worship God however I want. I can just come to God however I want. You come to God just as you are 
for salvation, meaning you're lost and you're blind and you're filthy in sin. That's the only way that you can come to God. You don't clean yourself up first. You come to him and he, when he saves you, cleanses you and then will begin to clean you up. But when we come to him to serve him, when we come to him to worship him, we don't just come however we want. It has to be done a certain way. Now, what I mean, that doesn't mean you have to come to a certain place or pray a certain prayer. No, but it's got to be in spirit and in truth. It's got to be by faith. Uh, it's got to be in his name. There are certain things that have to be done his way, the way he's prepared them, the way he's instructed them. And as we live our lives, he's very specific about some things. And we've got to know specifically the instructions so that we can follow them. The end does not justify the means. Uh, his ways are far above our ways. That's what the Bible says. Very clear about that. And his ways are always better. He knows what he's doing. He knows what's around the bend. He knows what he's trying to accomplish. He knows what he's trying to do in you and through you. We don't always understand or know in the moment. And you've heard me say, and I'll say it again, I believe that one day we'll look back and we will see and he will show us and he will open up our eyes to all the things that he steered us around, all the things that he took us through, all the things that he protected us from, and we will just praise him all the more. But what I'm telling you is that his ways are better. His ways are right. His ways are not always our ways. But if his ways were always our ways, if, his, if our understanding was the same as his understanding, or if his understanding was the same as our understanding, if his thinking was the same as my thinking, if his planning was the same as our planning, then what would we think we would need him for? Now, the truth is we do need him, but in our mind we think, well, I, if I, if I, God, if you do things everything, every time the way I would do them anyway, what do I need to consult you for? What do I need your instructions for? I'll just figure it out myself. But his ways are not our ways. And so, therefore, we have to trust his instructions even when they don't make sense, even when they're hard, even when we are like, God, I just don't get what you are doing right now. I don't get what you're putting me through right now. God, I did this and tried to follow. I think I followed as fully as I could, and it didn't work out the way I thought it was going to. God, what are you doing? But can I remind you that he sometimes leads you through the wilderness? Can I remind you that he sometimes leads you uh, in a way that is difficult for a reason. Let me just give you an example um, of that, and let me do it this way. I'm going to tie it in with number the third point I want you to see, second one for tonight. We will we have to be involved in carrying out his instructions. We have to know his instructions. We have to trust his instructions, but we have to follow, carry out, be involved in his instructions. His instructions are never for us just to sit on the sideline. His instructions are never for us. To, we'll just get out of the way. But here's the thing. His, he will equip us and he will train us, and that's why we sometimes go through what we go through. Now, there's times we go through what we go through 
because of our own sin, because of our own rebellion, because we lean to our own understanding. And the Bible says don't do that. But even in that, God says He can make all things work together for good. Even our rebellion, even our leading to our own understanding, even our going left when we should have gone right, even in the error of our ways, God can use that and equip us. Let me go back to Moses. Moses was born in Egypt. Couldn't help that. Moses was born in a time... Again, part of our life, things happen to us because of we live in a wicked world. And Moses was born as a slave, but he was also born at a time when all the male children were being put to death. Moses couldn't help that. There are some things in this life you cannot help. It's just a circumstance we're in because you live in a wicked world that is owned and controlled. And I say controlled. The prince of the power of the air is the devil. God has allowed him to reign for a period of time. God still has supervisory power over even the devil. But there are some things that occur because we live in a wicked world, a sin-cursed world, and it's a result of, of not our sin per se, but sin nature, a sinful world that we live in. Moses couldn't help the fact he was born in, into Israel as a in the land of Egypt as a slave. Couldn't help that they were trying to put him to death. Couldn't help that he was sent down the river by his mother and rescued by Pharaoh's daughter. Couldn't help that he was raised in a, as an Egyptian. But when he got out and was older, he could help that he killed an Egyptian that was beating an Israelite. And then he therefore had to flee before Pharaoh and went into the wilderness. But God used the time in the wilderness to train and equip Moses. And although there are some choices that, God, that Moses made, God still was equipping him and preparing him just like we make mistakes, just like circumstances happen to us. Moses was equipped in the first 40 years of his life for dealing with Egyptian culture because he was raised in Pharaoh's house. He was equipped with wandering in the wilderness for 40 years with the Israelites because he spent 40 years tending sheep in the wilderness and God was working on him the whole time. Do you think that Moses wanted to be on the run or on the land, if you will, or an exile from his home? No. Do you think that he wanted to have to be in the backside of the wilderness somewhere as a nobody tending sheep? No. <clears throat> but God used those things, and God will use your circumstances, even the, the things you can't control, the things you are responsible for that we mess up and muck up. God can still use those in preparing and in equipping us and specifically preparing us for his calling and his purpose, just as he did Moses. It's not always desirable. It's not always easy, but I'm telling you, it is going on in your life even now. One of my favorite movies as a kid was The Karate Kid. Many of you have seen The Karate Kid with Ralph Macchio and uh, Mr. Miyagi. And Mr. Miyagi would agree to train Daniel LaRusso to be the Karate Kid. And he had him waxing cars. He had him sanding floors. He had him painting fences. He had him doing all kinds of things. And Daniel comes back and says, you're supposed to be training me for karate. And he says, I quit. I give up. And sometimes in our life, we're ready to give up because of what God is putting us or, or the way he's training us. And we're ready just to throw up our hands and say, that's it. I'm done. I'm not doing it.
anymore, but I'm telling you, then God comes along and says, hey, show me, wax the, fe- the, wax the car, show me, paint the fence, show me, sand the floor. And we learn that the very things that God has been putting us through is actually the way he's been training and equipping us for his purposes, for his, for his glory. <coughs> Excuse me. Oh, my friends, I pray that you see this. I pray that you see that we have to be involved. We have to trust his instructions and then get involved in carrying out his instructions because he is equipping us to be involved. And it doesn't stop when you're 50 or 60 or 70 or 80. It doesn't begin when you're 20 or 30 or 40. It begins from the day that you trust Christ and it ends the day that he takes you out of this world. Oh, my friends, I pray that you would see this. I pray that you would see this and I pray that you would see in being involved and carrying out his instructions because he's equipping you to carry out his instructions that not only must we be involved, but we must involve others. Look at Moses. He didn't do all the molding and all the shaping and all the sewing and all the carving and all the the metal work. No, he involved others and they did just as God commanded Moses. He, Moses wasn't equipped to be a ironsmith. He wasn't equipped to be a goldsmith. He wasn't equipped to be a silversmith. He wasn't equipped to weave curtains and tapestries. He was equipped to lead. He was equipped to tend the flock. He was equipped to speak for the Lord. He was equipped to lead the nation of Israel, but others were equipped with different skills. We're all part of the same body, but we all are equipped in different ways. We all have different tasks that God has given us, but we're all to work together. And one of the hardest things that I have to remember is I can't do it all myself. And not that I do it all myself. Please don't misunderstand. But sometimes I say, well, if no one else is going to volunteer, I'll just do it. I've got to learn to call on others, to trust others, to trust God's equipping of others so they too can be involved and can be receive the fulfilling of their purpose that God has called them to. And so therefore he equips us and we must involve others, but also we must invest in obedience. Obedience is costly. It was costly to bring the gold and the silver. It was costly in time to weave and to hammer out and to fabricate the elements, to carve the woodworking of the the gold laying of the temple, of the tabernacle rather. It was hard, but together they completed each step. They invested in time. They invested in what God was training them to do. They invested in each other, and together they obeyed completely, just as God commanded. My friend, are we going to listen and receive all the instructions? Or are we going to say, God, I got this. Don't worry about it. Let me take care of it. And we're going to miss out on what he's trying to say. God, oh, I already know what you're trying to tell me. And um, I'm going to go ahead and go on. And we miss it. Or we don't listen. Or we don't spend time in his word. Sensitive to his spirit. Engaging in spiritual talk with others. 
iron sharpening iron? Is it could it be that that we uh, are not trusting his instructions? He said, well, I'm not sure that that's what he was saying. If you spend time listening to his instructions, you will know my sheep know my voice. It's a trust his way, trust his purpose, trust that he loved us so much that all that we endure, all that we go through is for a reason. And will we be involved in what he's equipped us to do. We'll be involved in, in involving others. We'll be involved in investing in obedience. Oh, the devil's going to come. The devil's going to attack. Obedience will never be easy. It will always be costly. But if we're going to fully follow God, we've got to be invested, and we've got to be involved, and we've got to be trusting, and we've got to be listening so that we can fully follow the Lord. Oh, my friends, what is God saying to you? Are you listening? How is God instructing you? Are you listening? Are you trusting him? Whether you get it or not, are you trusting him? And how are you viewing your life? What if we viewed it as a training? What if we viewed it like the karate kid and all that God is doing, all that God is shaping will be revealed in time so that our purpose can be fulfilled. Oh, my friends, will we fully follow him? I pray that I will. I pray that you will. I pray that together we will. Dear Father, I pray that you would speak to our hearts today, that you would encourage us with this message today, that you would help us to see and hear and know that you are God that you have a purpose and a plan for us to be just as important, to be just as impactful as the life of Moses if we're just willing to fully follow you. Help us, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. We thank you for listening to this message from the Word of God. At Pleasant Hill, we desire to be a help and a blessing to you. If you have any questions or prayer requests, or if we can be a help to you in your walk with God, we invite you to contact us here at Pleasant Hill by visiting our website at phbc.online. Thank you, and may God bless you.